This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. We are so glad that you're with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Heather, and she is a business coach. She's got 30 plus years of experience as an acquisition manager and trainer. She's got experience in banking, mortgage broker, a real estate broker, and now she has an expansion residential real estate team. And we are so excited to have her with us. So Heather, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So talk a little bit about kind of what got you into your fan about relationships. Like you are kind of the relationship guru, if you will. And what kind of started you on that path of like, all right, if I want to be successful, I've got to really learn how to build relationships with people. Well, thank you for asking that question. Um, It's so interesting when we look at relationships, oftentimes we start that earlier in our lives and we don't necessarily realize it. We look back at the patterns in our life, right? We all have patterns. So what I noticed is I started doing that around 10, just in how I was relating with my friends or in organizations that I was in. And as that started to go into business, Um, which I started when I was 19 while I was in college in banking. Uh, I found myself moving very quickly from a transactional teller to a a branch manager and into acquisitions and mergers. And what transpired in that eight years was development of relationships, development of partners, strategic partners, employing and hiring people, and also knowing how to relate with them from the very beginning. Well, you know, when sometimes when you're young, you look back and go, well, how did I naturally do that? And I think some of us just realize need to realize that we want to look at ourselves. Internally, we're leaders and we have the capability to lead that plan and those relationships. So that's kind of one of the things that that I have Uh, started with. And it was one of those things that naturally went through the whole 30 years of career. So what would you say is kind of, you know, right now everyone's looking for lead gen and they're really working on, hey, I, I need to get lead gen. I need to buy leads. And I think one of your starting points is, but you first have to build relationships. So talk about that, how the two tie together. Um, excellent. Uh, we we talked a little bit earlier about social media and, of course, internet leads and other opportunities of lead generation. We all hear lead generation. Well, those of us that are a part of the generosity generation, we're actually looking to develop relationships rather than leads. And in doing so, you're out having coffees with one-to-ones, you're holding events, you're making sure that you're making regular intentional conversations and systems. So it's your plan 
and your systems that actually lead to those relationships. And, you know, Chantel, you were asking me a little bit about social media. To me, all of the social media that I run and all of those things are a, a stem of my relationships. They're private groups. They're things that we relate even on the social media. So we're not out there buying leads, which as we know, we're in a changing market. And in the market that we're in, buying leads isn't always going to get us a good lead. It also leads us to transactional business. So one of the questions I might ask each and every one of you is what kind of business do you want to lead? Are you a transactional churn and burn realtor or business owner? Meaning you have to keep going and finding new people because you're not taking time to relate with the people you already have. Or are you a relational business owner and leader? And if that is the case, the time and energy and investment you put in to the people surrounding you will turn your business in amazing ways. And then you're not out spending your money on new people all the time. You're spending the money on your current people. So let's talk about that. Let's make it as practical as possible. Someone's listening right now. What are some systems and plans that they can do of past clients and current clients that you go... These are some things that you've got to make sure you put in your checklist to make sure when these people are done with this transaction, you're going to be referable. Like these are the the steps that you always do on a transaction or after the transaction that you do. What would that be? Uh, well, that's another great, great question. I, I coach a lot of business owners through these steps because I created them for my teams over the years. And that is probably the first question is, how do you put down those steps onto paper so your assistant, your team, and yourself are all following the same patterns? And that is going to create your culture and your community. So some of those steps are going to be, okay, during your relationship with a new client, you're going to have a system in place for your communications. You're going to call each active client Monday and Thursday every week. That's what I do. And I make sure I communicate good, bad, and ugly, right? We're, we're not always good. We're communicating. So in consistent communication, that's your first step. Your first step is making sure you have those in place. The next one is making give us sure. a couple more of that because I because that's I think really practical. So I don't want you to leave there. So okay. I love that. So you're saying like, is there a certain time every Monday and every Thursday you go at 9 a.m. I'm calling every current client that I have and giving them an update on on what's going on with their transaction. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. Um, so the first week of being in communication with a new client or a repeat or referral, same system, every client, friend, family, new, old, same system all the time communicating. So Monday mornings, I like to have a text first because I don't know where some of my clients are. They might be in the middle of work or something. So a call right at that time may be inappropriate for them. 
So I found that a templated text, and for me, the text, obviously, I lead personally with listings. My buyer specialists do it with their buyers. So we talk about the market over the weekend, and we talk about the activity around their property. Any contracts that were written, anything that went on the market, how many buyers came through, and that will give them an idea and understanding. Therefore, especially in the transition market that we're in right now, we are talking about price reductions more than we have in the past. And if you have been in the market less than five years, you have the opportunity of being a really great realtor without having to do much. And now these systems of things that people have been doing for years are going to come into play, especially if you're newer. You're going to show your experience with your clients. So you're going to talk to them about the current market, whatever happened, and specific numbers within a quarter mile, half mile, or neighborhood of that house, depending on your market. So then you would call your you would call your seller and say, every Monday you've got a seller you're calling them and saying, hey, I just wanted to call or I wanted to give you a text. If you're available right now, I'd love to talk to you. That can be a templated text that you literally have on your phone that you send to each person that says, hey, if you're available right now, I'd love to tell you everything that has gone pending, sold, or under contract since we last talked. Uh, about your property? Are you available now? Does that sound like what you would send in the text? Uh, I I did do that sometimes. Yes. What I found is sometimes they they didn't need to call me back. So I actually added in pending salt and put those little things and then I fill in their numbers. So then they're getting it faster and going, wow, she's really up. They're really on their mark, their game. They're talking to me and they're communicating with me. It's also going to be, hey, we need to talk about a price reduction or wow, we had a fabulous weekend and it looks like there's an increase, right? So it really depends on what we're going to need to talk about, but you're leading that and getting them to call you. It's a lot easier for them to call you immediately following when they already have some information and they're clear on what that conversation is going to be, especially if you have that personality. I don't know if you've done some disc assessments. If you understand your personality to be a little bit more challenging with conflict, sometimes it can help lead you into that conflict resolution, that next step. Yeah, and actually for me, just because of my personality score and I'm a high D and I like to get things done. So Mm -hmm. for me, without a lot of effort, I would create a templated text that said, Hey, if you, if you care about this, give me a call. If it's not really that important to you, you know, have a great day or whatever it is. Cause that Mm -hmm. way you're giving the communication and then I'm not doing a whole bunch of work for somebody who doesn't give a rip. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, hey, I've got this information for you. I can now have a seller one and a buyer one. If they're interested, great. If not, I don't have to now pull it up in the MLS. What sold, what didn't sell? What would be a good text message to send to all the buyers who you are current clients that you need to kind of get in touch with? Well, I talk a little bit to my, my buyer specialists about this 
more so it's our systems of how we go about working with our buyers. So I do not suggest taking a buyer out without preliminarily knowing they are ready to do a contract. So that's your first step is making sure you're talking to people who are ready to do that. Um, but on Monday morning, you're going to talk about the traffic and what you saw um, maybe at an open house, open houses that you saw come about or new, new houses that came on the market over the weekend. And you're going to talk about how many of those went under contract because that is going to give them an identifier about how much uh, competition they have because the aspect of competition is for buyers. It has been in the past. Now it's a little bit more so it's going to be, do they have their finances ready? Because we're in a changing market. You also want to talk to them about your negotiation strategies. Mm, I like that. So give us some more practical tips now for people who are your past clients of all the different things that you've suggested for people to do to get them to either give you a referral or pull the trigger on themselves buying or selling. Okay, yes. Um, once once they're our clients, they get, send us repeat and referral because of our systems. I have a very uh, quick phrase. How many of you have been at, have been told, oh, I have a friend, I have a family member who's a realtor when you're talking to someone new? All of us have heard yes. that many times in our careers, right? So there's something I like to say. Are you familiar with their business model, their systems and practices? And would you get served the same way all of their clients get served? Or would you not? And if they don't know, I say, well, I do. Many of my testimonials are actually from friends and family over years. I would love to have the opportunity to work with you. So that there to get newer clients who oftentimes think they already have someone in their corner because of a relief of some sort. So to the next step of your question, Chantel, is the fact that once they are your client, you're communicating regularly during the process. You're negotiating well for them. You're relating with the partners around the deal. And you're bringing in your strategic partners successfully and all the way to close. Now, at close, how many of you have seen a lot of people take really big closing gifts to the table? Probably a lot of us, right? So I like to not take a closing gift to the table. I typically would like to take them to lunch or something that I relate with after the closing. And then I do a pop by when it's comfortable for them a couple of weeks after they move in with their closing gift, their home housewarming gift. And we're also preparing for a housewarming party. And there is the beginning of events with clients that are going to become repeat and referral clients. You're offering to cater and do a housewarming party for their friends. Now, I'm sure if you're listening, what you're also hearing is the opportunity to meet their friends and have a whole room of people that get to know you, but not on a, 
have to talk about real estate. You're having fun and being introduced. Mm. But that would be the first step. Well, I, I love what you just said, because I think what happens is people who, as soon as they hear, oh, I have a family member or my best friend is a realtor, they immediately just go, oh, okay. And then they just shut the door on that. Mentally, they go, I'm not going to get that referral. And I loved what you said. And I'd like you to say it one more time about, do they have the systems in place? And one thing that I will share with you is, this pat this week it just happened to me a friend of mine texted me and said a, a friend of hers uh had a really bad experience with uh, a house that she had put under contract her realtor told her to put no contingencies they found out all these problems and she needed to get out of the house and she wanted me to me to help and i said to her i said this is what happens. I said, friends don't let friends use anyone except a realtor from Canzel Realty is what I said to her. I said, here's what we're doing right now. I said, this is a complete nightmare. She used her quote friend and now it's a complete nightmare. And I think having some of those nightmare stories mm -hmm. in your back pocket is really, really good. So I think what you just said is talking about the systems that you have in place, but then having it where you say, you know, I, I want you to know there was a story, uh, you know, you could say my broker or my friend had said that she had someone who used their quote friend and they got them in such a pickle. And here's the thing. This is the largest purchase that you will ever have. This is not time to work with someone who doesn't have the systems in place. Expand on that a little bit more of what, what you would say to someone like that to really convince them not to use their quote friend. So I actually go about not telling them not to use them. If you heard what I said, I said, if they have, so I gave them what they needed to look for, which most of the time they're not finding. So then it helps them sell back to you. Does that make sense? Yes. So what I'm, what I'm saying to them is if your friend or family member have systems and a plan in place that they are going to serve you, whether you're a friend, a family, or a new client or a repeat client, then absolutely use them. However, if you are not familiar with any of those business models or systems that they have, I do have them. And I have a lot of testimonials of those relationships. I'd love to have the opportunity to work with you. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Canzel Realty. One of the other things we give you is revenue share, where you get five levels of money in your downline every time you attract an agent to the company. And guess what? The first three levels open up right away. So let's pretend like you're not a great recruiter, but you bring on a couple people who are heavy hitters. Guess what? You don't have to hire five or 10 agents to open up those tiers. You automatically get those. So that's what makes us very different. This is Kanzel. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit more because I love what you're saying about, you know, to me, if you can block out your calendar where you said what you said, okay, every Monday and Thursday, 
at 9 a.m. I call every current client. Give us some more of those that are built into your calendar because if you don't build them in, they just won't get done. If it's not on your calendar, it doesn't exist. (laughs) So in, in my coaching, the very beginning of my coaching is always on the self and the self-management of your calendar. And all of my clients, it doesn't matter how many years of experience they have, they're always questioning, why are we doing this calendar thing? However, when you are so intentional about your blocks and the times that you are going to relate, it not only makes you effective and not working 80 hours a week when you don't need to, it also gives you some of your time back to for your personal relationships. So I all I like to relate that back to our family and our children and our our significant others are very important in that calendar as well. So some of the steps that uh, we would put in there is morning time is your your time to relate or go out, maybe do power notes. If you're familiar, how how many, I don't know if anyone has read Seven Levels of Communication, uh, the book uh, that I coach with and with Michael Mayer. Um, In that book, one of the first things you can do is your amazing relationships or conversations you have from the week each day, block off that you're going to write two power notes and send those out. Or on Fridays, you write 10 in the morning for the week of the valuable relationships and conversations you have. So there's one of the things I would definitely put on my calendar. The other thing is going to be, who do I need to follow up with? Your first in 10, right? The the things that do need to be followed up with. However, be careful with that one. So I would say you're not going to be getting in your emails and your phone calls until late morning and late afternoon to evening. Put a mess, a voice message on your phone that says, I am leading my business. I am, I want to be a business owner and I'm going to show you how I lead in that. How I do that is I put a message on my phone that says, your, your call is very important to me. I return messages and calls between 1130 and 12 and 530 and 6. If this is of urgent matter, please text me and I will get back in my earliest convenience. Mm. I want to give I want to give a little variation to what you said for the power notes, because I know for me, like I don't have the patience to write a handwritten note, then go get stamps, then mail it. And I know people like it and all of that. But to me, because I am passionate about efficiency. So like, I'll give you an example. So for me, if I was going to write a note, let's say to one of our brokers, Deborah Myers in Florida. So for me, If I sent her, I would go onto my phone, I'd go to my text app, I'd go to my voice piece where it's recording my voice and I would either, I could do one of two things. I would just hit record and say, hey, Deborah, I just wanted to tell you that you are one of the most amazing brokers we have here at Canzel. And the way that you love on our agents in Florida is absolutely amazing. I just love everything about you and you are extraordinarily special to me. 
I hope you have a great day. And then I did that as a voice text, right? Mm -hmm. That literally took me about 15 seconds to do. And I could either do it as a voice text. So she knew like, I'm sending this straight to you, or I could do it where it, you know, transcribes it for you. That took 15 seconds of my time. I'm sure that it would brighten her day. And I think that, you know, it has either just as much impact or almost even more impact, especially if you did the voice to text or even you could do a video if you didn't want to, if you were looking glam that day and not like me with an eye infection today. Um, But you see what I'm saying? Like that Mm -hmm. took 15 seconds, that handwritten note, literally that whole process and it costs money to do it too. I think it's good. Don't get me wrong, but I think you can, I'm just all about efficiency. Give us, give us some more tips of things like that, that you can do. I love you, Chantel. Chantel is the high D and I am too. Um, However, I have also learned that a few moments to do certain things, I would say the power note is one of them that I would, even if it's not 10 a week, even if it's one or two really, really great relationships or one-to-one coffees or lunches that you had, something that you really want to show the value in that handwritten note in the mail, none of us get them anymore. So they actually mean a lot more by taking a little bit of that time. However, Chantel, I love the text. So I I actually coach, that's one of the other ones is text video. And I actually say do videos unless there's a day. However, how many of your clients actually want to see transparency, realness? So I started doing them probably about a year ago. I do 10 video texts every morning. Mm. And on my calendar, Monday mornings, it's going to be current clients aside from the text. Tuesday mornings, it might be our gratitude morning. I'm going to send 10 gratitude texts to my strategic partners. So you're going to pick your own calendar of days. Who do you want those video texts to go to every morning? Because Chantel just told you. 15 seconds for one, you're talking maybe 15 or 20 minutes of great relational value. They're seeing your face. Have you ever heard that video creates a so a parasocial relationship? So by giving them your face, even for those few seconds, you are creating a regular relationship with them. Mm. So in doing that, Create your calendar every morning. Who are the 10 people? And not necessarily the who, but the what. Do I want to do active clients today? Do I want to do gratitude today? Which day am I going to call? I'm going to do it to all the A's and W's in my database. Which So you're going to break it apart depending on the pillars of your business and what you need to focus on for your relationships. The other aspect of those video texts is just the same as a power note. P.S. When you get this, call me or text me. And in that, you're getting the opportunity to ask them for a one-to-one lunch. 
And then that leads to the next thing, which is our stacking networking lunches, where you are becoming the influencer and the leader, and you are creating the connections with each and every person that you have those lunches with. So expand on that. Give me some practical tips of that. Expand on what you mean for that. Absolutely. So I have two days a week that I set a four-hour window to do 30-minute lunches or one-hour lunches, depending on who I'm meeting with. And I do them at the same place, Home Court Advantage. Okay, pick the same restaurant, the same coffee house, something local that is going to make sense And when you go, everyone there knows you. You know, everyone knows your name. Okay, when you go there, you want to be speaking to the servers, to the owners. You want them to come and ask how you're doing because that is, it's relating your influence and leadership in your community to the people you've invited to a lunch or a coffee. Then. How many are you doing? How many are you doing of those per week? Like how many lunches and how many coffees? And are you saying, all right, I'm going to do one at 1030. I'll just stay at the, you know, let's say it's a local coffee house. I'll do one at 1030, one at 11, one at 1130. That way I can just stay here. I can do work in between, make them 15 minutes each kind of expand on that. Absolutely. That is exactly what I do. Um, I do them 30 minutes because I'm very specific in the questioning and how I want what my intention of that is. So I don't know about any of you, but um, other than the D's, we probably have a lot of eyes on here. And those are the really social realtors and they do great at socializing. But I think we've all found that if we're not intentional about it, we actually find that we leave a meeting and don't have what we need to, to follow up. And that is, our, that is our misnomer sometimes in going to a networking event or even having a lunch. We're having so much fun and we're just talking it up. We forget that there were specific intentional things we wanted to find out about their business. We wanted to find out about their life, right? And we want to, so we want to ask the important questions in those conversations. We want to ask how, what their challenges are this year or this month, how we can help them. And inevitably at the end of all of that, they're going to ask you how they can help you. And what is the answer? The answer is always referrals are always the greatest way to help me. And if they say, which you really want them to, if they say, well, how do I do that? I don't know about you, but a referral does not come from people who say they're buying or selling the house, right? So what they, what you're wanting to teach them is I need you to look for your friends and family who might be having a life change, like a divorce, a baby, a marriage. So you give them, you're planting the seeds of what you really need them to help you with. And that's how we get into our relationships and referral process. So the other aspect is if they're 30 minutes long and you've planned your 30 minutes, you're going to coordinate which person you're going to have after each other. So you can intentionally introduce those two people. Mm, That's a great idea. Give us some questions and I'd love for you guys to type them in the chat that you kind of are really good that you almost should have memorized so that when you sit down for that coffee or that 
that lunch, it's kind of right off the top of your head. Give us at least three questions that you're making sure you're asking every time you're meeting with someone, or even if it's on the phone. Uh, absolutely. The, let's go over the one-to-one. Uh, that The one-to-one, whether it's a coffee or a lunch, you're going to follow the same process. The, you're going to be asking them, how are things going? For the first question is, how are you? <laughs> the, the second question is, so tell me about your family, whether it's children or a spouse, or they may be having something really going on that they need to talk about. This is where our counseling comes in. This is where our relational aspect of us comes in. The next one is you're going to be asking them about their recreation or something they do for fun, right? Is there something, maybe they play tennis, you're getting to know them. You're, because you're relating with them regularly, there's actually a way to take those notes if you're communicating with them every quarter, like you should be. When you're doing that on the phone, you're going to have pieces of information that you're learning about them over time. So you're going to relate back with that after one-to-one. The next thing would be organizations that they might be in, right? Um, things that may be a challenge or that might be good referrals. And that's all. That's always a great way to say, wow, would you say your insurance agent or your lender is a five-star? And that's a great way to, to increase the referral process and community. Mm, and I then, yeah. yeah, so... That that's really where you want to get started. And then you're going to ask them about their their business or their career, their occupation, right? You're going to go into those. And if they're doing really great, tell me all about it or what's a system you have. You're interested in them. The, these one-to-ones are not about you. Um, I, I had a client uh, the other day tell me, um, I need you to coach me because I need to get one-to-ones for people to come by my business or work with me. So I would say that that is not the way to get a one-to-one. <laughs> um, Chantel, you, you may agree, but if you go directly like that, that's not relating. That's telling them you want them to use your business. So then you've kind of lost that the appeal. So what I'm hearing you say is when you go to these, you're spending 90% of the time really focused on them. Anytime they kind of ask about you, kind of bring that ping pong ball, throw the ping pong ball back to them. And then at the very end, you can say, you know, for me, if once they once they bring the ball back to you, then saying, you know, the greatest gift that you could give me is the referral of your friends. And then I like what you just said. I think that was a real pearl about, because when you say, do you know anyone who's looking to buy or sell? They don't know the answer to that question. So repeat those again. Like, do you know anyone who's having a baby? Do you know anyone who's recently moving? Name those one more time. Life changes. So I always say that because that, typically kind of clicks. And remember the pause factor when you're talking to people, slow down, don't get nervous or speed up. So slow down and say, wow, thank you so much for asking me what a great referral is. Let me share a little bit. Life changes are really what a realtor works with. We're not buying and selling houses. 
we are oftentimes the secondary emotional reaction to a life change. The life changes are babies, death, marriages, divorce, and you're going slow enough to start clicking in their minds because when you go slow, they can think. It's called the reticular activating system in our brain, right? It gives them a minute to process what you're saying and to truly say, wow, I want to help them because they're helping so many people. Mm, yeah, that's good. I do think, uh, you know, I am in part of a, something that's called connectin40.com and it's a small group uh, where it's just an online uh, small group. All of you guys are welcome to join. It's on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock and it's just a Bible study where everyone kind of shares. We have like a motivational speaker that comes on for 10 minutes and then the rest of it is how to apply it to our lives. And one of the things that we do tell people to do that I think is important is when you are the one who's vulnerable and you share something and you don't want to have that meeting all about you, but if you can be vulnerable and share something that's really going on personally, mm -hmm. that's not going great, that really is the way that you bond with people. You, you bond with people in really in hard times and being able to be vulnerable and share, hey, this isn't great that's going on. And then they're more apt to share with you something that's not great that's going on. And that's really where you get those that deep connection and those deep bonds. And I think people forget about that sometimes. Well, I've had yeah. so much fun on this call with you that I have gone way over our time. Thank you so much, Heather, for being with us. That's Heather Wilson and uh, it's Coach with Heather, but I'd love for you to tell listeners how they can find you and how they can follow you if they want to know more about booking a call with you. Excellent. Um, well, I I think I gave some information. Is there a way to put it in the chat box? Yeah, let's type it in the chat and we'll also put it in the show notes if you are listening to this on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents. And tune in next week for another power-packed episode. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast.